Welcome to the Hypnotoad Podcast on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And boy, oh boy, do we have a jam-packed show for you guys. TCU takes down Texas in Fort Worth. Now, it would have been sweet if they could have got it done in Austin as well, but a 20-win season, nine-conference-win season for TCU. I'm so excited. We got that to talk about. We have uh, UTSA hiring former TCU running back as an offensive analyst. Why that matters. NFL scouting uh, combine begins Thursday. We'll talk about that. And then the TCU uh, equestrian trio earning riders of the month. I told you we were going to go to all quarters of TCU athletics on this podcast. I promised you we were going to do that. And here we are. We're going through everything today. I'm excited. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. That is how you help us grow the brand, grow the Hypnotoad brand. And it has been a fun one. We've continuing to churn these out. Episode 17. Can you believe we've done this 17 weeks now? 17 podcasts in the can. 1,700 more to go. I'm excited. All right. Number 22, TCU. A couple months ago, they were in the top 15, now they're number 22. Number 22, TCU, doesn't matter. They beat number nine, Texas, last night, 75-73. Now, I'll be honest with you. I thought that game was going to go a lot differently. I thought TCU, midweek game, Texas coming into town, I thought they might roll over. That's just the team that I've been seeing the last month. The last month, ever since Mike Miles Jr. got hurt, it kind of felt like this team never could really find their footing. Now, I give a lot of credit, because if you watched the broadcast last night, I give a lot of credit to the uh, student section. Give a lot of credit to the fans in the arena, because I think that they really did a number. College basketball is one of the only sports, and maybe college sports just in general, but college basketball in particular sticks out in my mind. Maybe it's because it's March, March Madness, baby. Maybe I'm a little crazy, but it sticks out in my mind, because I think that is the only sport where the fans really can shift something. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, the fans are going to attribute 7 to 10 points a game, but I'm saying that you get that crowd behind you, get a little bit of a run, and you never look back. And that's exactly what TCU did last night. Moved to 9-8 and eight in the Big 12 this season, 20-10 and 10 overall. TCU's nine Big 12 conference wins matches the most ever in conference, and they have a chance to add one more on Saturday, and we'll get to that in a minute. But back in January at the Moody Center, TCU held a 13-point halftime lead and then lost it in the final minutes to miss a huge opportunity to try to steal one in Austin. And uh, T- or, uh, U- UT's Sir Jabari Rice, he came off for 15 off the bench, didn't do that last night. TCU never trailed in last night's game. TCU, let me say that one more time. TCU never trailed in last night's game, which makes me feel a little bit better about where this team is at. Because if you remember just a couple weeks ago, to uh, the Texas Tech law or win uh, on Saturday, TCU kind of had to come back from that one. It was a back and forth game. You didn't really know what to expect. And in this one, the game was not a two-point game. It was, should have been a lot larger of a, of a win for TCU. The final minutes, you know, turns into a free throw shooting battle. You get the bench guys in there. You, you sit the starters. And then an eight-point win turns into a, a two-point win. Yeah, I'm not. I'm fine with it. It's fine. All right. TCU out-rebounded Texas. This is the other big thing. Because this is something that t- TCU has kind of struggled with, honestly. 
They out-rebounded Texas 26-28. to And if I, if you were on Twitter last night during the game, I do the uh, second screen kind of scenario a lot when I'm watching uh, – when I'm watching college athletics and just athletics in general, football, basketball in general, I like to have that that Twitter screen open on my phone. I like to kind of see what the beat reporters are saying inside the stadium. I like to kind of see what are people tweeting in the concourse when they're going to go get nachos, right? I, I kind of want to get the atmosphere. What, what's the feel like? Get with the fans. Get in their heads. Everybody was saying that Texas looked flat. Flatter than a pancake yesterday. Flatter than the Texas panhandle yesterday. Why? Well, I like to chalk it up. To the fact that TCU kicked their ass on the rebounding. Our rebound in Texas, 46 to 28, and including a 23 to 8 advantage in the first half. They improved to 14 and 2 this season and 114 and 36 under Coach Dixon when out rebounding their opponent. Now, rebounding is probably one of the least sexy stats in the stat book, right? Block shots. People love that. You steal a couple cookies from the cookie jar, get some steals. People love that. Points and assists. Everybody likes to get dished up and assist every once in a while, right? But rebounding is something that goes under the radar. Rebounding is something that nobody wants to talk about because it's an effort thing. Defense is an effort thing. Rebounding is an effort thing. And TCU, like I mentioned, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes effort kind of isn't there. That's how you lose a 15-point lead in Austin. You don't man up on defense, and you let a couple of uh, second-chance opportunities get by, and all of a sudden, what could have been a great win on the road turns into a loss. So the fact is they came back with effort last night, right? TCU looked a little bit more energetic, looked a little bit better in that uh, first half and and led into the second half as well. So I uh, I liked the effort plays. Emmanuel Miller who I've not been a super big fan of this season. He's been very up and down. He recorded his second straight double-double, 20 points, 10 rebounds. He was a big reason. I would argue maybe the biggest reason that uh, TC won last night. And this is something else. You know, we talk about all these different stats. We give you all these different, you know, box scores. And I hate box score radio, and I hate box score podcasts. I don't like it when people just come on here and read you what a guy did from the floor. Okay? Because I, I don't think it don't think it gives you a complete idea of what the impact somebody had. But this one does. This one does. Mike Miles Jr., who has been injured, has knee injury. I said that the TCU season uh, in a previous uh, week, TCU season hinged on him being healthy as we get into conference playoff time. As we get into conference tournament time, and then, of course, in the NCAA tournament, what would uh, his health look like and the health of him Mike, Mike Miles Jr., well, the health of his knee would kind of dictate on how far this Horn Frog team went and how much fun we would have on the Hypnotoad podcast uh, as the season continued. Because if he wasn't playing, if he wasn't scoring points, if he wasn't helping TCU win basketball games, well, this podcast goes from a fun little midweek salsa to a kind of funeral march, you know, if TCU's not winning games. I said, all right, you come back healthy. You immediately have to be the best player. No, you don't. You don't have to immediately be the best player. You just need to kind of help kickstart the team. Well, he didn't do anything last night. In fact, he had one more point than you and I last night. He finished 0 of 8 from the field in 36 minutes of action. 0 of 8 from the field. I think it was 0 of 4 from behind the arc. 1 of 2 from the free throw line. So he couldn't even make both free throws. Come on, man. Get that knee healthy. Get back on the court. 
But the win last night evaporates a little bit of the doubts that I had about this team. If you listen to the podcast, if you read the tweets, I am somebody who's very realistic. I'm not pessimistic. I tell people all that all the time. I have ex-girlfriends who call me pessimistic. She said, you don't think this relationship's going to work? I know. I'm just being a realist. I'm just being real with you, honey. I'm telling you. I just don't see a future with us. And a couple weeks ago, I would have told you, I don't see a future for TCU basketball this season. Right? We were talking about what seed could they be in the NCAA tournament? What, what would they look like if they're having to play a higher seed from a different conference? Right? And I, I said, look, effort on the rebounding, effort on the defense, these are two big question marks for me. Uh, a little bit of my doubts evaporated. Now, granted, your Big 12 Conference Championship game is not going to be in Fort Worth, right? Like You don't get to play that game at home. You don't get to have the home fans behind you. You don't get to have a midweek home championship game. That's just now how the tournament works. And granted, the NCAA tournament is going to be the same thing. You're going to be on the road somewhere. It's going to be a neutral site, most likely. You're not going to have, what, a couple thousand TCU fans behind you. That's just not how the tournament works. But if everybody else is going to step up, because if you look at the box score, and we're not going to go through everybody's points and stats and everything for you right now, but if you go back through the box score for the TCU game, it seems like even with, and I'm saying this hesitantly, even with, Miles Jr. being injured, even with him not coming out, and even with, I think, Texas fans saying, hey, don't let him beat you, and then, you know, everybody else beats you. Emmanuel Miller beats you. Even with all that, the fact is that the team has been able to kind of work together the last couple weeks, past month and a half now, and replace some of the impact that Miles has. So... If they can continue to do that and he can supplement it with double-digit points, right? If, if he doesn't have to be 100%, 75%. If you give me 15 points, I think he was averaging 25 or 23 before he got injured. If you give me 15 points a game from here to the end of the season, I'll be happy with you because you're, you're contributing. You can't go O of 8 from the field. TCU's not going to win a lot of games if uh, Miles Jr. is going O of 8 from the field playing 36 minutes a night. But I digress. Excellent, excellent win at home against Texas, a 75-73 win for the Horned Frogs. They now clinch a spot. They're going to finish with either their best conference record or they have a chance to have the, like, reset that mark. TC basketball has a a chance to do something really special here and get their 10th conference win because this Saturday they play the worst team in conference, and that is the Oklahoma Sooners. They play the Oklahoma Sooners, who are 4-13 and in their final game of the season on Saturday. They have a chance to get 10 conference wins, go 21-10. and 10. I hope, really do, that Coach Dixon gets these guys to actually like show effort on Saturday, that this is the last tune-up game before they play Thursday, March 9th, in that game, or it's going to be Thursday, March 9th, in the Big 12 Championship, or Big 12 Championship Series, Conference Championship Series. I forget what they call it. The NCAA Tournament. Uh, the, the Big 12 tournament leading into the NCAA tournament. That is what we're trying to say here. That's what we're trying to say. All right. They play next Thursday. Their final conference game is this Saturday against Oklahoma. I really hope that they show effort. I really hope that they try to beat the brakes off of the Sooners just to end their season. Like I said, I love it when TCU can beat Texas and beat Oklahoma and kick their ass one last time because you don't know how many more chances you're going to get. All right. Moving on. One of my favorite. One of my favorite college football coaches in the state of Texas. 
right? You know I love Sonny Dykes. I talk about him all the time. I try to try to hook him into every conversation we have on this podcast. One of my favorite college football coaches in the state of Texas is in San Antonio. It's Jeff Trailer. I think that he has done one of the most stand-up jobs when it comes to taking a group of five program and making them first class. It's hard. It's really hard to turn uh, a Motel 6 into a Hilton. You know, it's it's not it's not easy to turn, uh, uh, you know, a, a bad motel into a five-star. You just can't do it. You can't turn McDonald's into a Michelin five-star restaurant. And he has turned UTSA, which is the most Mickey Mouse program, or was one of the most Mickey Mouse programs, I thought, in the state, with just the colors and the, and the, and the, the mascot. He's turned all of that around and has turned that program into a, a team that everybody in the country talks about come November, come December. When it comes to playoff time, when it comes to bowl season, he, he's in the conversation. Well, he got another good brownie point for me because he hired TC running back Aaron Green. You remember him? He's serving as an offensive analyst for the upcoming season. Green played with TCU from 2012 to 2015. Why is that significant to me? Because that is the time period that I was watching every single second of TCU football. So when I saw this come across my uh, screen the other day, I said, this is huge. He went undrafted in 2016 before playing four years professionally. Played one season with the Rams before adding another season with the Dallas Cowboys and two seasons with the Bills. Aaron Green's his, his seasons at TCU. Four-year career with the Horned Frogs before, or after starting in Nebraska. Rushed for 2,400 yards, 20 touchdowns, and 5.5 and yards per carry in his four seasons. His last stint professionally, and this is, I think, how he ended up on Jeff Trailer's uh, uh, radar. I think this is how he ended up getting this job, which kids at home, parents at home, friends at home, you never know who's watching. You never know who's uh, going to watch. You never know who's going to make an impact, who you're going to leave your fingerprints on, who you're going to leave an impact on. Because his last professional game was played in 2019 in San Antonio with the Commanders in the AAF. That was 2019. That was four years ago, three years ago, four years ago now. And uh, the fact is, is that he did a pretty good job in the AAF. Not enough to keep the the league alive, but did a pretty good job, right? Jeff Trailer in San Antonio watching these games, head coach of the uh, Roadrunners at this point, sees him, talks to him, and I imagine that is how these two connected. So big shout-out to him, big shout-out to Jeff Trailer for giving him this opportunity, and I hope Green has a uh, good season this year as an offensive offensive analyst and can kind of parlay that into uh, something more. All right, starting today, the NFL Combine, it gets a bad rap. People don't love the NFL Combine anymore. I still enjoy it. I still think the NFL Combine's a fun event. The NFL has made it an event. Um, I wish that I could go to Indianapolis and talk to all the different GMs and you know pick their brains and stuff. I kind of want to figure out what my favorite NFL teams are doing at this thing because they never seem to draft well. So what's going on there? But nine nine TC players are participating. Dylan Horton and D. Winters, they'll be with the defensive linemen and linebackers today on Thursday. Javarius Hodgins-Tomlinson will compete with the defensive backs on Friday. Of course, Max Duggan and Quinn Johnson, they're going to get a lot of the headlines. They'll participate on Saturday with the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. Steve Oliva, uh, Alan Ali, and Condra Miller will conclude the week on Sunday competing against running backs and offensive linemen. I think Miller will probably get a couple of eyes on him as well. 
Right now, it's looking like he might go undrafted. We will see if he can kind of work his draft stock back up during the combine. But Quinn Johnson, I think, is the player that most people have highlighted. He looks like he could be wide receiver two or three coming off the board, which may make him a day one guy. And that would be huge for TCU Athletics and huge for the podcast. I'd love to love to have him sneak into that first day. Nine combine invitations are tied for the third most in college football this year and most for any school in the Big 12 Conference. Kind of shows you once again that TC was the cream of the crop this year. The number of invitees is also significant from 2022 when TC only had one player. So they went from one player two seasons ago to nine players this season. All right. Last thing before I let you guys go and have a great rest of your week. I told you last week that we are going to like try to add in some different Horn Frog athletics. I told you, hey, you know, we're doing a pretty bang up job here doing uh, basketball recaps for you, doing a pretty good job with baseball recaps. We only got so much time. I decided because TCU is playing their baseball teams are, are playing teams that they're good teams. They're they're not the great teams that they saw in the Globe Life Classic this past week. I said to myself, let's talk about equestrian riders. Yeah, let's talk about the equestrian team for TCU. Didn't even know that they had one of those, I bet, right? Yeah, I, I keep on track of everything. I, I keep my nose to the grindstone. All right, three members of the TCU equestrian team rode through February undefeated, and their efforts were acknowledged in full by the Wake 12 Conference on Wednesday. Sydney B-Rub, Maddie Dukes, and Jessica McAllister. Uh, Jessica McAllister. They each were honored as Big 12 Riders of the Month for February as voted on by the conference head coaches. The trio went 4-0 in individual records with respective events, helping the third-ranked Horn Frogs, who are 10-2 this season, collect a trio of victories over opponents currently featured in the top 10 of the NCEA team rankings. Three equestrian riders are named Rider of the Month. Excellent team for TCU. And uh, look, TCU Athletics, are they having a moment? I think they are. They're kicking butt and taking names, and that goes from all the way from football to uh, the horse stables. That'll do it for us this week on the Hypnotoad Podcast. Please, please, please subscribe, rate, review, tweet the link, send it to your friends. We're going to have to rent an uh, uh, airplane and have it like kind of tailed behind. Heartland College Sports uh, Podcast Network, one of those like long banners. I don't know if they, if they make you pay by word, pay by letter. That might be expensive, but... Hypnotoad Podcast on the Harlan, Harlan College Sports Podcast Network. I want to thank you guys once again for making us one of the uh, biggest shows on the network. That'll do it for me. Next week, we'll be talking about the Big 12 Conference Championships. We'll be talking about the tournament and all fun things with Horn Frog Athletics. Till then, I'll see you later.